about this, we have a very special guest here on Sky Sports News this morning, fresh from regaining his heavyweight titles with that points win over Andy Ruiz Jr. Here he is, Anthony Joshua is with us. Thank you very much for coming in. My Christmas has come early. This is fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Our Christmas. Our oh, I'm very excited. Congratulations. Let's get this bit done first. I've got to say congratulations. Just over a week since the uh, clash of the dunes. Mm -hmm. Right, you've had a bit of time to process. What's the processing of, of that night done for you? The processing of that night was main goal to bring the belts back to Finch ABC, to bring them back to GB Boxing, to bring them back to the United Kingdom to bring them back to my supporters because they spent some time in Mexico and it was time I brought them back on December 7th. And that was my main priority, my main goal, and we accomplished it. Yeah, we, we can see you over there with the belts on your shoulder yeah. behind us. And if we go over there, you've brought your special friends with you today. Look, here we go. Here they are looking glittery, uh, looking lovely. So you're feeling once they were just on loan to Mexico no, for just a little while. Is, no, is, is that what it was? They went to see if the grass was greener on the other side. Yeah, and they decided it was. They decided to come back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it, it's good to have them back here. Yeah, it is. Within touching distance of where we are. Do you, do you, do you look at them often? You, you, so we had them out. I just come from a school visit today. Just to, went to a school to speak to the kids. And that's what's important about staying victorious. So before, I just used to do it to take part. It's all I got boxing. So I'm doing it, I'm doing it, I'm running through the division. And then when I lost, I got to look at it from a different aspect. So I'd taken them out on uh, June the 1st and they didn't come home with me. And mm. I could see Andy enjoying the limelight and stuff like that. So I said, we need to get them back over here. So now I take them out more often, but it's about using them as a source of inspiration. Mm. So going into 2020, I want to see the kids doing something positive, no, no nonsense, staying focused and realising that this win was for us all. It wasn't just for me. So this is um, Anthony Joshua 2.0 then, I, I guess I've the youngsters would, would call this. Yeah, maybe 3.0. I think I've gone through the 2.0. You've gone through. <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah. we've we got to go back because the story sort of starts as far as this journey is concerned in New York, I guess. Yeah, yeah. And, and out of the darkness comes light. How yeah. dark was that darkness? You've got to be accepting of your failure. And that was, a num that was the number one thing, is just to accept I failed. And there's things that happen behind the scenes, but it's all for excuses. And you have to stay, you know, understanding of my position. And I respected Andy, and he got his win. But I just knew that. I was going to be victorious, I believe in myself. Um, and it's a tactical game, boxing. So we went back, I strategized with my team, Rob McCracken, Joby Clayton, Angel Fernandez, the support staff, and we got the victory. And I swear to you, that was the main priority in this, in this training camp, is how are we going to get the victory to bring the belts back home? Because we are now back on the road to be an undisputed heavyweight champion of the world. Mm. I was, out, I was out in New York for that. Was you? Uh, Madison Square Garden. And, and the reverberations. Yeah. It came at the epicenter was, was, was that arena, but it yeah. went around the world, oh. didn't it? And, and you're yeah. at the centre of that. Yeah. And, and you said, it, I've, I've got to ex accept failure. 100%, you have to. That's not a new concept, really, in, in the sporting arena for you, was it? No, it wasn't. So I used to listen to a lot of motivational videos and then. I'd hear them say, you got to go through the pain. Sometimes you're going to fail. And when I was winning, I'd think, they don't talk about me, I'm a winner. But when it happened, I had to accept it and understand it. And if I want to win every fight in life, you don't step into the ring. Sometimes you will get beat. Sometimes you're going to get punched in your face, punched in the ribs, 
punched in the finances, punched in your relationship, but you have to battle through and make things better. And that's what June, uh, December 7th was about, is showing that we need more resilient people because I felt like it was like, I'll retire if you lose the next one. And I was like, that's not showing resilience. We are a resilient species. So I was like, I'm going to come back, evolve from that situation and come better and be resilient. And that's just what I showed is strength in, in my team, strength in my character and strength in the school of boxing I come from. Mm. It's, it's because, because boxing is obviously a physical sport. Yes. But it's also a, a mental sport as well. Very much it's just you and whoever. 12 rounds. Yeah. The even, ropes around the ring and, yeah. and there's no hiding place there. There, is there isn't. Even when you say mental, it's just me and my thoughts the night before. Mm -hmm. Some people of the greatest of athletes, maybe if anyone's listening and can relate, there could be some people that don't sleep before they compete in whatever field they're in. So it's a mental aspect. So I realised I've done all my preparation. It's not about getting any fitter now. It's just about being in the mental space, in the right place mentally that I need to be. Because, as I said, all I was hearing is that if he loses, he should retire. He's not built for boxing anymore. He's a hype job. He can't go the distance. And I took it all in. So what do you do with those voices? <sighs> you, I had to understand is that the same way I was built up is the same way I can get taken down. So I understood the, the parallels, which is fine because I think understanding of your situation was important. So the voices was more of an understanding. Mm -hmm. But I use them to my advantage because I feel like people who can criticize you only want to see you do better because they'll point out every flaw in your game. And I thought, hang on a minute, it's not that they're, they're bad people, it's just that they're saying that you're not good at this and you need to improve. So I improved my stamina, my fitness, my ring movement, um, my weight all these aspects over a period of four to five months. And the thing is, interestingly, is that December 7th, I won, but it's the start of a new change in my boxing style and my boxing IQ, because I had to really make some real adjustments in a short space of time. And December 7th was a trial and error period, and it worked out well. I think I beat Andy 12 rounds out of 12, and we were victorious, so it's just gonna be nice to do another four to five months of training and see how I develop moving into my next fight. Yeah, we know, we know the outcome of, of what happened mm. in Saudi Arabia. I was fascinated to watch your ring walk, though. Was you? Yeah, because, okay. because you're not used to being first in, True. are you? True. And, and I'm used to seeing entourages, I'm used to seeing, <laughs> I'm used to seeing you there in the white robe, giving it that, looking oh, like Elvis oh, know, on, on top of that thing. Yeah. This, was, this was very solitary. Yes. This, and, and, and I'm watching it live yeah. and, and I'm thinking, what is he thinking at it's this moment? It's a great question. It's a great question. As you said, it's solitary. So it's given me a chance to really think about where I'm at and what I'm doing. And I'd never visited the arena before, but this time I realised I want to take ownership of this arena. So I'd done that ring walk on a Tuesday. I'd done that ring walk on a Thursday. I went to the arena on a Friday and I was really familiar. And where I am at now, walking through this arena, is in my element, in control of the situation. I can't control the outcome, but I can control myself. And I, so I got in the ring here, I didn't feel comfortable, I controlled my situation, decided to get in the other way. Mm -hmm. And I was just in control of myself, not letting the event overcome me. So you slowed yourself down? Properly, yeah. Mentally, yeah. Because there's two ways uh, I, I, I could see that. A, a lonely figure coming in, mm. but you saw it as... as 
Here am I, this is moment. my domain. And then you had to stand there for a while, which you're not used to exactly. on your own. But the thing I liked about that is that it gave me ownership of the ring. So as I entered right. the ring as the first man in there as a challenger, I kind of embraced that and I greeted the crowd. I got to fill the canvas, take control of the environment in the ring. And when Andy came in, it would just lock my eyes on him. Mm -hmm. So he's still trying to go through that process of fill the canvas, take ownership. But he's doing it with a lion across the ring staring at him and it puts him in an awkward position. So it was a great understanding that even as champion, honestly, I know it's not in the rule books, I would love to come in first because it gave me a real chance to embrace the arena, embrace the crowd and embrace my moment in my own time. Andy comes in second, he has a short amount of time to kind of process, then it's fight. Mm. I had a longer period of time to absorb it. So if I can, um, if the governing bodies are listening, I swear I wouldn't mind coming in first, even as champion. Mm. Is that what makes you champion? Because there's fight or flight there, isn't mm -hmm. there? And, and a, lot of, a lot of people stood there on their own in that ring would have been perhaps overcome nerves, fear, anxiety, mm. tension. It could have destroyed them. But for, from what I mean from you, it actually made you bigger, it made you greater, it made you more focused. That's fascinating. So I got, I got bust up June 1st. <laughs> and I'm going back into the ring with a guy who kind of put me down four times um, and beat me and took my belt. So yeah, you can get flustered and caught up in that moment, like, oh my gosh, I'm not mentally prepared for this. But it was those nights, and maybe I'd say everything I'd been through previously that made me strong enough to deal with that situation. And I learned that winning isn't everything, winning is the only thing. And that's why for me, overcoming that situation was about winning those belts, just winning by any means necessary. Um, and as I said, it was just looking from the other side of the, of the world, what being a world, being a world champion means. As I become world champion so early in my career, I was just going through the motions. It was just like championship fight from the Olympics to the world championships to the British title to the world title. And then it got stripped away. And I could see the other guy across the pond uh, enjoying the successes of being a world champion. So, my mind stepped away from June 1st of focus solely on what I needed to do mm. December 7th. Which is a hell of a skill to, to be <laughs> able to do. I'll write it in my book. Uh, <laughs> because, because at that moment when you're stood in the ring, yeah. you know what your game plan is. This is a different Anthony Joshua okay, that yeah. we saw in this fight. Is that, is that a fair point? Yeah, definitely. And you had to be totally on board with this that. This is it. Now, this was the situation is, it's one thing knowing or telling myself I'm different and it's a completely other thing, bringing it into reality, mm. and especially over 12 rounds, you know, um, against a decent fighter like Andy. But I believed in myself, and as I said, I said certain things in the build-up. I said, put me and Andy in the machine. Nine times out of 10, I'll beat him. But that was his lucky night, or his night, June 1st. So I had to prove that to myself. And the main thing that we said in the build-up um, is trust the process, mm. you know. Uh, Trust the process, the affirmation that I was told um, by Joby is trust in the process, trust in the process. So even when I was in the fight and I, you know, I wanted to scrap and just make it a bit more exciting, throw maybe 10 more punches, but that wasn't in the process I had planned. Mm. I had to go back to trusting in what I had planned and it led me towards victory. 
Yeah. And that, that's, that was the main objective, is being victorious. Because the temptation, I, I would, I'm, and I'm guessing, would have been to throw one of those huge oh. ones, to step away from the plan. Yeah, I would have loved to. <laughs> I would have loved to. But we're here now talking as, as a champion, you know, yeah. back, in, back in Britain. And imagine fighting 12 rounds, looking great, and then I go into trade and I get caught, boom. Yeah. It's just a 50-50. And in these margins and what boxing is, you can't leave it down to that. Mm. You've got to be certain with every aspect of your game. And this fight was, was history, being two-time heavyweight champion of the world. Was there any moment during that fight when you seriously didn't believe that you were going to do it? Or did you have total faith all the way through? Because it was, uh, as you said, you, you know, unanimous at the end. Yeah. Every, everyone knew by the time the final bell won, yeah. rang that you'd won. It's a great question. Um, I believed in my process. So it was about carrying that process through. So maybe in the fourth round or the eighth round, I might have drifted a little bit away from my belief and what I'm good at. So I just had to pull myself back. And once I'd done that, I was back in my flow, back in my groove. As I said, it was the first trial of something new, of a new aspect of my training. So I just believed that as I was victorious, it's only going to get better from here. Mm. And even if, even, let's talk about even if I would have lost, I would have still been on my path to being a champion because win or lose, I'm on a, I'm on a journey mm. of trying to get better. So I'm just staying focused on track and that's, that's why I love the sport, it's because it gives me new challenges. So I'm just trusting in this process, even if I lost and it didn't go to plan, I would have stayed dedicated and got back on the horse and I would have gone again again sometime in March. Mm. But you didn't? I didn't. And the belts are here? Yes, sir. And they are, they're still sat over there? Yes, sir. And uh, coming up, we're going to be uh, having a look at maybe a few of the people who want to take those off you. <laughs> uh, that's on the way. Anthony Joshua in the studio with us this morning. Uh, more from him uh. next.
Well, Anthony Joshua is still with us, and, and the tough thing about being a boxer is no sooner do you win all the belts back that people are trying to steal them off you again. So uh, let's talk about potential future opponents. And let's start with this man, uh, Kubrat Pulev. Uh, we know he's uh, your IBF mandatory challenger, so what difficulties would he bring? So his only loss is to Vladimir Klitschko, which is um, a retired boxer now, but a great, great champion. Even when Vladimir Klitschko boxed him, um, he knocked him down about three times. So he's a very tough, competitive athlete. He's come from a background of boxers, because his brother's a boxer, uh, and he knows what he's doing. And anyone fighting for the championship is a dangerous fighter. Mm. So he would, he would uh, produce some problems if you were to come up against him. What would be your mindset for that one, then? Seek and destroy. Seek and destroy. Seek and, destroy. and I looked in your eyes when you said that, and I was frightened. <laughs> There's worry. no chance of me getting don't in worry. the ring you're with you. Right, you're so right. I don't know what Kubrat would be we're feeling at that team, moment. We're Team Sky right now. <laughs> <laughs> Seek and destroy. Okay, let's move down a little bit then. Yeah. I know we're going to stay here. Oh, we're going to stay there. here. Okay. See, I get instructions and I obey them. Uh, WBO <laughs> have also ordered a, a title defense against this man, Usyk. Okay. Yeah. What about him? So Usyk is a great cruiserweight. He was the undisputed cruiserweight champion, and he's decided to move up to heavyweight to come and mix it with the big boys. He's still exploring the division, but he wants a piece of the big pie, which he's more than welcome to try and take from my hands. So this is a great uh, former cruiserweight champion, heavyweight challenger that will be in my eyesight uh, for around March, end of March, early April, to defend my titles against. And I think he's a very credible opponent, and I feel like when I'm trying to build my record, I want opponents like Pulev on there as, um, not Pulev, opponents like Usyk on there that I can say I've defeated. Yeah, uh, London 2012, he was a heavyweight, you were a super heavyweight, yeah, yeah, yeah. both got goals. So different challenges from the two, quicker hands from Usyk, is that, is that what would you be looking at there or, or how do you approach it? Great jab, leans back, so that means you stay out of range. Kind of like a Tyson Fury style, leans back, stay out of range, uses the jab. Usyk, uses feet very well and then he positions his hands so it's like you can't hit him because his feet are moving so well and if you do manage to catch him they're brushing off the gloves so what i'll do as i have been already is studying him from his footwork to his hand positioning to the openings and then i'll go to former people who have faced him and find out information on how to defeat him Wow, okay. It's not just a bruiser's game, is it? It's a no, real science. I, I'm loving what I'm hearing. I'm getting an education. <laughs> uh, let, let's get to, to this man then. Right, a trilogy. Is that a potential fight for you in the future? Would you go again with Andy Ruiz Jr.? One, one trillion percent. I love boxing. I love this game. So, for me personally, as I always said, I'll fight Andy in Tijuana with his uncle as a referee. It doesn't always have to be in the bright lights of an arena. I just love the game. So Andrew Ruiz, I feel like once I've gone through my mandatories, God willing, I can get this undisputed championship fight underway. Um, me and Andy will soon see each other in the ring again because same division, same era. I'm here to take them all on. Mm, OK. Uh, Dillian White's name always comes up. You fought him back in 2015. Would you consider another fight with him? Oh, you know I'm not. You know I want that fight. <laughs> Northwest versus South London. Um, it was a great fight. Our first one as amateurs. You know, he done really well. I took a pasting. I came back, resilience, etc. We spoke about. We fought again in the pros. Through my um, dedication and learning, I managed to become victorious and win the British Championship. Now, I'd give him the opportunity 
not even I'm going to give him the opportunity. I'm just ready to fight and defend my title. So if Dylan wants some of this work, he's more than welcome to step in the ring with me as well. OK. You're going to have a busy time. Tell me about it. <laughs> OK. I let's... thought I was supposed to enjoy this victory. <laughs> <laughs> let's get on to Deontay Wilder. OK, his name's always going to come up, isn't it? Right. Uh, he's got the last belt. How far away are we from a potential showdown? He's got it at the moment. It still puzzles me as to why it's so difficult to pin this man down, you know. As, as I said, like, I fought Charles Martin champion, Vladimir Klitschko for the WBA championship, uh, Joseph Parker for the WBO champion, Andy Ruiz to become unified heavyweight champion. And this is the man that I need to pin down to get the last ring so I can conquer this division as I've set out to do from day one. When he's ready, as I am, I would love to be facing off here, instead of with yourself, <laughs> facing off with Deontay Wilder, talking about the keys to victory, because it's not even about me now. It's gone past that. This is about the sport and our legacy. And I've always said, if he wants to create his legacy and be a future Hall of Famer, he should come see us. Yeah. It's, it, it would be a fight. Would it top all of those, that one? Everyone's serious, but this one, in terms of marketing entertainment yeah because you've got the two lord of the rings here isn't it and mm -hmm. this is the last one to unify i've unified but to undispute the division as one mm. so um i've got four he's got one and i just need one more yeah well he defends let's step over here uh because he defends his wbc title uh, against uh, tyson fury february so fury where does he fit on your radar um he's I can't say in rankings because I feel like everyone's so talented in the division. But in terms of skill, I rate him highly. He's a real boxing um, connoisseur. He studies his boxing like I do. He's around a lot of boxing people. Also, um, he has some like uh, resemblances with his movement and style. Like look at that little movement there, like Muhammad Ali and the way he talks and stuff. So if you listen to what he says, you can see one of his role models is Muhammad Ali. And I think, honestly, I think he might be Deontay Wilder next time they're out. That's just my opinion. And then that elevates it up once again. I it? think Tyson Fury would fight me quicker than Wilder would. So if that's the case, I want Fury to win because I just want to fight. And I think to have that fight here on British soil is, man, can you imagine that? Like, I would even, if Fury, if you need me, if you need me for sparring, we're going to fight one day. I'll spar Tyson Fury when we were kids anyway. I would go out to, to America and spar Tyson Fury and get him ready for this Wilder fight because um, I, I would like that fight because I think Fury would fight me faster than Wilder would. OK, we've got about 20 seconds of all of those. Which is next? Do you think? You guys comment, leave your opinions. I'm down to do whatever. I've got to defend this bad boy and I think I've got to defend this bad boy first as my mandatory challenges and Eddie and 258 Management, the team, are working on that. But I want to hear your opinion as well. Let me know who you think I should face. You've got the call. <laughs> Lovely to see you. Congratulations. You Have a very happy Christmas. Thanks for coming in. Thank you very much. Uh, on the way next, it's Sportswomen and a very special Solheim Cup programme.